podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not. Welcome. We are so happy that you are here. Today, we're going to be talking to Ricky Lee Moore. And Ricky Lee is a personal friend that we I have known since she was a teenager in the youth group <laughs> when my husband and I were just young newlyweds before we even had children. And such a sweet memory lane time of, of thinking about how precious she and her husband, Doug, have been to us and both of their families, actually. This is a situation of knowing and loving, not just Ricky Lee, but her entire family and her entire husband's family, all of the siblings, they're all precious and dear and wonderful people. So this story is very near and dear to my heart. Ricky Lee has been married to Doug now for over 22 years, I think. And I'm, I'm sorry if I said that wrong, Ricky Lee. And um, they have been in, in ministry at First Baptist Church of Lexington. Uh, Doug has been the youth minister there for 20 years. And they have five children. She is a teacher. And her story today will mean so much to uh, you, no matter what you're going through. But it's specifically if you're having um, a trial with health in your family. So just um, to let you know, this this story does talk about the death of a child, if that's triggering. But it is something that is a great story. And there's a lot of great information in here. One of the things she mentions is that our sole purpose is to glorify the Lord and he will meet you in your grief and he's waiting there for you. So it is an emotional story, but it is it. God is all over it. So listen in. Hi, Ricky Lee. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. We are thrilled that you have agreed to meet with us and share your story with us and I love you so dearly, and I just cannot wait for our listeners to fall in love with you, too. Um, We go so far back. I think when you were maybe in just turning double digits years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So why why don't we start with just a little introduction of you telling our listeners who you are, a little bit about you and your family and your hobby, jobs, et cetera. Just tell us a little glimpse into you. Okay. Um, my name is Ricky Lee Moore. And like Robin said, we go way back. Um, I met Robin at Council Road Baptist Church many, many years ago. And um, so it's so neat to, to be here and sharing this with her. But um, I born and raised in Oklahoma and um, raised in a Christian home. Um, I married my high school sweetheart and we have five children and uh, live in Lexington, Oklahoma, where my husband serves as youth minister for 20 years next month. It'll be 20 years that we have been at First Baptist Church in Lexington. Wow. And which which years? does not seem possible. 20 oh, years. Word. That is mm-hmm. amazing. Yes. We, we wonder sometimes, you know, like that's just not heard of. And when we first moved here, I thought, oh, this is the tiniest little town. I, I just don't know that we'll live here for very long. And here we are. <laughs> so the Lord definitely um, has blessed us with this tiny town and this amazing community and amazing church family because it has been, yeah, like I said, in April, it'll be 20 years. So 
Um, it's not normal, but we love it and we wouldn't change any of it. Um, so my husband serves uh, as youth minister at First Baptist Church here in Lexington. And um, this is my first year of all the years to teach school. Um, I have been at home for the last 17 years with our children. And I decided that now was a good time to take a teaching job, teaching fifth grade. And wow, <laughs> a year like none other and my very first in the classroom. So it's been challenging, but I love it so much. That is so um, I didn't quite the year to start teaching. I know. Yes. Yes. And I didn't so, know this was your first year to be at, I, I thought that it had been longer. So I'm amazed and that's exciting. What a year. Oh yes. My. Yes, it is exciting. I did a, I've done a couple of long-term subbing positions um, and did one last year and they, the teacher didn't return. So I just took her place, but um, I did it last, I guess, starting at spring break and then everything, you know, went virtual. So um, it's, it's been an adjustment to say the least when you can set your own schedule and do things for your whole life, raising your children at home. And then all of a sudden you're tied to a schedule. It's, but I love it. And I know, I know that it's where God has, has me placed for a reason. So I just can't argue that it's been really challenging, wonderful, hard, and exciting all at the same time. So, um, so our youngest just started pre-K and then, so that was kind of what led me to, okay, he's going to be in school all day. A job opened up. Here we are. Um, so we, we have five children, um, and uh, our second oldest is graduating this year. So we've got a senior and a pre-Ker, which is crazy in itself. <laughs> and then um, I have we have a freshman daughter, Charlie, and a fifth oh, I grade. I love that. Oh, thank you, our little Charlie Joy. She's I can I can share more about her too. <laughs> um, but then we have um, McLean. Um, she is a fifth grader, so she's in class right next door to me. And so that has been another beautiful thing that um, we get to go to school together every morning. So I cherish that. Um, and then, like I said, our pre-K baker, who uh, was six years after we thought we were finished with babies um, and was just one of the best blessings the Lord could give us. So um, oh, Doug and I, like I said, Doug and I started dating in high school. And I know that Robin will remember those days and Robin and Chris did our marriage counseling and um, right. Chris did our wedding. <laughs> and when we do marriage counseling, even to this day, Robin, I love to quote things that you told me. I love to say, <laughs> there's just so many, There's I say so many things. There's just a few things that really stick out and have stayed with me, but they have just been some of the most important things for us. So, and I love passing that on to our youth that are now getting married, but, um, we, uh, we dated for two and a half years before we got married, uh, started dating junior year, went to OBU together and we're in college for two years and just could not wait any longer to finish college. And so, um, we got married, but we did finish. And, um, actually I then I graduated two and a half weeks after our first was born after Xander was born. So, but I got it done and we promised our parents we would get done with school and we did. So <laughs> that, that was important. We, we enjoy Doug and I, you know, we've been married. I feel like since we were kids, we were 20 years old when we got married and, um, five children and, and all that time and being at a church uh, for so long 
we realized that most of our adult life and over, you know, half of our married life, all of our married life has been here at this church and in this community and um, just consumed with, with children and, and will be forever. We said we were going to be like, you know, early empty nesters and now, and now we won't be, (laughs) but um, they are our pride and joy. Like I said, I grew up in a Christian home and um, was saved when I was seven years old. So I don't really remember a lot of life before knowing Jesus. And I'm so thankful for that because I know that the Lord um, saved me from so many things. You know, Um, I had wonderful Christian grandparents, wonderful Christian mom and dad, and still do, um, taught me to follow Jesus, to um, represent the Lord. I remember every time I would leave the house when I was a teenager, my mom and dad would say, remember who you represent. And it was not only Jesus Christ, but it was them. (laughs) And I remember that was always, we kind of teased about my mom was going to ask that. And she would even ask my friends and and they came to expect it too. But it was, um, it was an important thing for my parents to instill into us, um, myself and my two sisters that we represented the Lord as Christians, we represented the Lord. Um, So that was something that I will never forget. And that I've taken with me, you know, throughout my life that um, no matter what we do, we represent the Lord. So um, faith has been a part of my life since I was young. And I don't, like I said, I don't remember a time when I didn't know the Lord. Um, But when I was probably, oh, 22, 23, I remember one Sunday morning, our pastor had um, mentioned something about just like, what, what do you desire from the Lord? What do you want the Lord Um, to do in your life? What is something that you are still longing for the Lord to do? And, you know, as a Christian, you know, for your whole life, as the youth minister's wife, you just, you think, okay, you know, I follow the Lord. What else is there? I'm teaching Sunday school. I'm doing all these things. I have two little boys. But I remember stepping into the aisle that Sunday morning um, in the spring, probably of 2004, and just going down to our pastor and saying, I want to be used I want to be used. And I was crying and I didn't really know what I wanted to be used for. I just knew that I, I felt that longing to just walk out in that aisle and tell him I wanted to be used. And um, not too long after that, our lives changed in a way I could have never imagined. And by golly, the Lord um, has definitely let me feel used. And I mean that in a positive way. Um He's used my life, my son's life, my husband's life, my children's lives, all of our lives. And I pray that it's been to bring him glory. Um, at the time, there were so many dark things and, and crazy roads that we were led down. But I just remember wanting the Lord to use me more. Mm. And um, that leads me to one of the um, scariest times in our lives, but my afraid not moment. Um, the moment that I thought I was holding on by a thread and crying out to the Lord like never before. Um, our firstborn child, Xander, um, was diagnosed with cancer at the age of two and a half. And on a day that I will never forget, June of 2004, we were told that um, he had a tumor in his skull the size of a baked potato. 
Um, we were 24 years old, uh, 25, almost 25, just celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary and had two children under the age of two, two and a half and younger, and thought, this is, this is not really happening. This is surely, this is not happening to us. We're too young. Um, what, what is this? You know, what, what are we going to do? And, um, I remember, yes. Can I ask you, was it something about, was it a day of a pool party that you all from the pool to the hospital and we met you there? Yes. So we had, so this very week, um, Doug was at super summer and Shawnee Mm-hmm. And during that time, that was my week to go and spend with my parents because I did not like staying home alone. <laughs> and with two little kids, there was no reason for me to stay home. So I would go and spend the week with my mom and dad. And my mom and my brother-in-law had noticed some swelling on the side of Xander's face. So we went to our pediatrician. They sent us for a CAT scan. And then as naively as we could have been, we were like, okay, well, we're going about our day, which we had planned to swim at my friend's house who lives down the street from um, my in-laws. And we went to swim and they were like, maybe you should go over wait and wait at your doctor's office. And I thought, well, no, she'll call me. She said she'd call me. So we just go on about our normal routine, go to swim. And a couple hours later, the doctor called. And so we're standing there. I'm standing in the front yard at my friend, Creesa and Kelly's house. And the doctor's telling me, you need to get your child to Children's Hospital quickly. Like, they were afraid that, not that, I mean, it was there and it was, they knew that it was a tumor of some kind. They just didn't know what it was, but it was large and it was pressing in as far as it could and then started growing outward and had completely closed off one of the um, ventricles. I don't, I don't know the technical terminology um, of his brain. And so it was pushing in. It had pushed as far as it could. And so they wanted us there quickly. So the world just starts spinning. You know, you're calling anyone you can think of. Doug gets in the car. Somebody drives Doug from Shawnee because, I mean, he's a mess. And um, we get to the hospital, you know, and we had been swimming. And we just were, we were in shock. Because this child that seemed perfectly healthy and normal, how could he possibly have a tumor the size of a baked potato in his skull? Um, Mm. And from there, there's so many things that I remember, people I remember. uh, I remember, like I said, Chris and Robin. And Chris was like, have you eaten? No, I haven't eaten. (laughs) But I don't know. I think he took my parents. Did y'all take my parents to eat and bring me back something? I think I just he did. I, and it yes. probably, I bet he brought shakes. He just has always loved <laughs> ice cream. He brought me a, a pulled pork sandwich. Oh. Robin, I will never forget. They went to coaches. I mean, this is what's funny. And I remember Steve and Patsy George there. And Patsy gave me a roll of quarters because for the vending machine. Mm-hmm. And Norman and Denise Beheimer were there. And our pastor from Lexington was at the Southern Baptist Convention. So that's another thing. The moment that we're standing in the hospital with our two and a half year old child, Doug had been at Super Summer, one of the largest gatherings, you know, other than False Creek, where Christian people are 
Mm-hmm. And, and word immediately spread like none other because so many people were gathered in one place and people began praying for our son and sending emails back to their church homes. Mm-hmm. And our pastor was at the Southern Baptist Convention, I think in Indiana or, and it was like two large gatherings of believers mm-hmm. that Xander's name was put on prayer list after prayer list immediately. Mm-hmm. And God knew that. God knew that very moment and that very day where everyone would be and how word would travel. That was before social media is, you know, like it is now. And um, just, it was no surprise. It was no coincidence that, that everyone had been gathered for these large meetings and, and times that the word could just spread like wildfire, wild, wildfire. So um, we immediately I mean, just cried out to God to deliver our son from whatever we were about to face. You know, I kept praying, maybe this is just some, you know, fluid filled <laughs> mass <laughs> that they'll go in and drain and it, it can't really be cancer. You know, I mean, I'm 24 years old and I'm thinking this, this isn't really happening to me. There's surely a way out from this being cancer. Um, the next nine years of our lives would be the biggest roller coaster that we've ever been on. And I remember so many things from along this journey. And one of them, um, immediately, I remember thinking that I just wanted somebody to tell me that Xander would be okay, that he would live, not just be okay. I wanted someone to tell me that he would live. And I remember walking down the hallway with my mom at the hospital in one of those first early visits when we were doing all this testing to figure out what was wrong with Xander. Um, And I just said, mom, nobody will tell me that. Mm. And we just cried because nobody could. And I just thought if I could know that he was going to live, I can do any of this. You know, I can, I can go through, no, I can go through anything. I can handle all of this if I just know he's going to live and no one would tell me that. And I remember now, well, I don't remember, but looking back now, it's like, there's no way that I would have been able to go through all of that, even knowing the end results. And I know that God protected us from knowing every step before it happened, because we just, as, as people that believe in Jesus and people that truly have faith in God, he wants us to trust him each and every step. You know, it doesn't, it's having the things we need for each day, one day at a time. And that was just something that over and over, I remember, Lord, just give us what we need for this day not for the next nine years, not for the next three months, just give us what we need for this day. But the human side of us wants to have all the answers right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And we just weren't going to get them. We weren't going to get them. But, you know, um, we, uh, from very early on, we learned to trust in the Lord and to let the peace that he provided, let it fill our hearts. And I say that because I remember praying, God, please just give us peace. Give me peace. Give me 
comfort and peace for this moment. And then being so surprised when the Lord gave it to me, you know, it's, it's, I was really getting to know God for the first time in such a real way, knowing all the things that I'd been taught my whole life, I was actually living them out. You know, you know that God gives peace that passes all understanding. And you can say that over and over, but until you feel it in your bones, in your heart, in your whole entire body, it just brings on a whole new meaning of truly to know the peace that only comes from the Lord. Um, My nursery worker, when I was a little girl, the very first week that we were in the hospital with Xander, she put a book on my parents' uh, porch, um, Miss Joyce from Putnam City Baptist Church. And she just recently passed away. But I have this book and I have a card that she um, left on my parents' porch. And the book is called Why, it's the name of the book, uh, by Anne Graham Lotz. And I have kept this book in my nightstand for years because the theme of this book is to trust God when you don't understand. And as a young 24 year old mom um, with two kids and now one's been diagnosed with cancer um, that does not have a cure and that he's in stage four. um, I didn't understand. I didn't understand, but soon um, we decided as a family and I mean family as in Doug and myself, and his parents and my parents that this was not about Xander, that this journey that we were about to embrace was not about Xander, but it was about God being glorified. Hmm. And when we took that mindset, that belief, that desire, I truly believe that taking the focus off of Xander And knowing that this was about God, this is about what God can do in Xander's life, what God can do in our life, it made the biggest difference for us. Um, It just constantly was something that we would say over and over to ourselves and just claim it that this is about you, God. And as scary as it was, it just, it made sense, you know, that we needed to place our focus on what God could do and what God was going to do and how he was going to bring glory to himself. Um, For the next nine years, we would endure chemotherapy, remission, chemotherapy, remission. Um, During that time, we had two more children and people thought we were crazy. Um, But our whole, our whole desire was to let God use us, let God use this and to trust God for complete healing. And so life couldn't stop. You know, people couldn't believe when Xander would um, go for a treatment and then immediately go to church the next day or go to baseball practice or basketball practice. And he didn't want to miss anything. And we learned from that. We learned from Xander's attitude towards life. We drew strength from that. He did not want to miss a beat. And he would tell everyone. I mean, sometimes when we would get bad news, 
uh, or discouraging phone call from the doctor, he would look at us straight in the face and say, I'm not afraid, you know, and he knew that God was going to take care of him. He knew that um, God was in control and worrying and being afraid was not anything that was going to change the outcome. And so there were times when our five-year-old, our six-year-old, whatever age he was at the time, would just minister straight to us like, oh my gosh, how can we worry when he's not? You know, he would minister to our hearts. When our when we found out we were pregnant with our third child, Xander had just um, gone into remission. And we knew that we'd always wanted three or four kids. And yes, life had taken a different turn than what we were prepared for. But we, we believed that God was going to heal Xander and -hmm. our family was going to continue. Or if God chose to take Xander from this earth, our family still needed to continue, you know? Um, And those were hard conversations to have, but knowing that we just couldn't pause. We met so many families throughout this journey that did not know the Lord or they knew the Lord and they became angry at the Lord. Um, They didn't know the Lord and their marriages ended. They didn't know the Lord and they just stopped living or they didn't know Jesus and their marriages still ended. It was a scary world. It was a scary world. And that's one of the things I remember every time we would run to Chris, how's your marriage? How's your marriage? Yeah. (laughs) And now I can, I can laugh. It wasn't funny at the time at all, but, he was so serious and so determined to make sure. And then he would reach out to Doug on occasions that I probably didn't even know about and would later find out, you know, just making sure that our marriage was, was strong because God gave Doug and I each other long before he gave us Xander. And, you know, you hear people say before your children, after your children, you know, your marriage is your number one priority. And it is. And it's so scary to think of the people that were going through um, some of the same similar things that we were with a child with cancer that divorced and we watched it happen and that just their marriages fell apart because they didn't uh, leave the hospital and go on a date. And I will never remember when we would do that. I mean, Xander would spend weeks and weeks in the hospital and the nurses would just crack up because we'd have grandparents come in and we'd go to dinner, even if it were for a couple of hours. But we knew we had to take care of our marriage um, because when this was all over, we would still have each other. Um, So that was something that was so important to us is just to really commit our marriage to the Lord and the rest of our family. Um, and so we, we had a little girl and Doug came to, before we knew it was, she was going to be a girl. Doug came to me and said, I really think that if we have a girl, we need to give her the middle name joy because we are learning what true joy is and that it is not based on our circumstances. And it's based on, um, complete faith and trust in Jesus Christ and allowing him to fill us, you know, with true everlasting joy. And so when we found out she was a girl and we gave her the name of Charlie Joy, it was um, the first time since Xander had been, you know, diagnosed. It was uh, two years later, but that we really just knew that no matter what we were going to face, the Lord was still going to bless us and the Lord was still going to give us that joy. 
um, we learned you have to receive that. You can't just, you know, expect it to come easily because it is a choice to have joy. But she was just such a wonderful physical um, expression of the joy that God had shown us and that he was going to continue to give us joy no matter what we faced. Um, so as the years would go on, like I said, Xander was sick for nine years. And during that time, um, he was in and out of the hospital. We had treatments in different states. We had a lot of treatment in Oklahoma City. We went to Texas. We went to Kansas City. We went to California. Um, ended up, go, we went to St. Jude. We went anywhere because we just, we did whatever the doctors told us. Um, we prayed for our doctors. We prayed that they would have guidance, whether they believed in Jesus or not. We were asking him to give them, um, opportunities for us, opportunities for us to go to other hospitals and get Xander to meet other nurses and doctors and for him to tell his story. That was some of the best times to hear Xander tell a doctor or a nurse that God was taking care of him you know, and from this little boy, it would just shock them. And, and I loved getting to, to share our story and to, um, just share our faith in Jesus with other doctors and with different nurses in different states and different, different children's hospitals. But it was hard and it was hard on our family to be separated at times. Um, but God blessed us and girls, I don't know, I don't know what, who's listening to this and and what they need to hear, but God will carry you. Mm. You may not like what you're going through and you may not like this part of his plan, but it is his plan. And being in his will and going through things that he is allowing to shape and mold you is one of the sweetest places to be. And I say that now, and I believed it then because I know that that is what has carried us all these years, Um, carried us through good news, bad news, bad news that became even more devastating. Um, Towards the end of Xander's life, when um, we knew that things were moving in a direction that we had prayed so hard that they wouldn't. Um, Xander was 11 years old and that was the last birthday that he spent in the hospital and the last birthday that he had on this earth. And, um, I had gone to give stem cells kind of at this last ditch effort, literally of treatment. And we went to Kansas city and I donated stem cells and he was really, really sick in the hospital And they just weren't sure if this was going to work. And this was in October, November of 2012. And I remember thinking that surely the Lord has not brought us all this way from 2004 to 2012 to not heal him, to not let this be the treatment that he uses to heal Xander. And I just remember crying out to God and just asking him, please, please let him live. Please let him continue to glorify you. Let him tell his story someday. Let him tell his story. 
And I just, I knew that God was going to heal him. I knew that God was going to raise him out of that bed and heal him. And just like he had so many times within like a week, we were dismissed from the hospital when we thought we were going to be there 30 more days. Xander just had this way of getting really, really sick and then turning a corner quickly. And God delivered us through so many situations like that. And I really believed that that was going to be the thing that did it. That was going to be the last treatment we were going to ever need. That was going to be this moment of healing. And we got to go home just in time for my sister-in-law's wedding and celebrate Christmas with our family. And it was just this beautiful Christmas and Christmas of 2012. We'll never forget. And things changed after Christmas. They changed in February. They changed in March. And by August, Xander was gone. And I say that quickly and I'll, and I'll back up to those last several months of, of his life, but God prepared us and it wasn't a lack of hope and a lack of thinking of knowing that God could, could heal Xander at this, at any moment he could heal Xander. But I believe God was preparing us and he allowed us to to live those last few months with Xander and, and not have any regrets um, to help let Xander teach us even more things. Um, when you are trying to comfort yourself, your children, your in-laws, your friends, and help explain to them that this is, this is just the path that God has us on and it's going to be okay. And, we can't lose faith and all these things. It It's exhausting. Um, and having that time as a family to kind of make that transition of knowing that this is not going to end the way we wanted to was some of the most cherished moments of our lives. And um, God constantly, constantly gave us peace he constantly um, guided us to his word for comfort. Um, he allowed us to have conversations with Xander that just confirmed that Xander knew the Lord and that he was not afraid. Um, I feel like I'm jumping from place to place, so please forgive me, but one of the last conversations that we got to have with Xander, um, I just asked him, we had just come home from the doctor and this was two, about a week before he died. And I said, Xander, do you know, did you hear what the doctor said today? And he said, yes, mom, I did. And the doctor had said there was nothing left for them to do. We had hospice on board. Um, this was the end. Short of God intervening, this was the end. And... Xander said, I'm not afraid, mom, because I know where I'm going to be when I die. And I'm not afraid. And I'm going to be with Jesus. And so you don't need to be afraid. And I know that people lose children a lot, but not many of them get to have those conversations with their child. Not many of them get to hear those words from their child's mouth and just knowing I have no reason to be afraid because Xander's not going to be afraid. He told me that I needed to start stop worrying about him 
and that we all needed to pray for, worry about ourselves. <laughs> and I, I thought, how, how can he say that to me? But he's like, mom, I'm going to be okay. You know, I'm going to be okay. You don't need, you don't need to worry about me. Um, people that grandparents don't need to come in here and be sad. I mean, he was so, so wise beyond his years. Um, but he knew where he was going to spend eternity. And when he did take his last breath and I knew he was with the Lord, I had complete comfort and complete peace to know that he was with his savior and that he was right. I didn't need to worry about him. It was the rest of us that I needed to worry about. Um, that's been seven and a half years since he passed away. And some of the darkest days of our whole entire lives. I mean, anything that I ever hope I ever have to go through that nothing would ever compare to that of losing a child. Um, but what I try to share with others is that in our darkest hours, when we are on the floor, literally can't even breathe or, or move because we are so broken and so filled with sorrow and grief that the Lord will meet you there. He is already there waiting for you. Um, days that we could not pick up our feet and move. The Lord carried us and I've never been angry. And I honestly say that. And I think sometimes people, are you mad at God? And how could I be mad at him? You know, how could I be mad at him? And I honestly believe that every single thing that we went through and every single thing that we have learned and felt and experienced has created and shaped who we are and who our family is. And Xander's life has meant so much to so many other people. That's right. um, we still are constantly reminded um, of, of Xander's life and of people that I've never prayed for anything so hard in my life, Ricky Lee, than praying for your child. And I know Jesus better because of all the time I spent praying for Xander. Mm. And I mean, to hear those words from people that some people you don't even know, God used his life and is still using them. Um, and I can't argue with that. I cannot argue with, with that. Um, there's this part of this book that I bookmarked that um, I've highlighted this. And this is a book from Anne Graham Watts titled Why. It says, um, God has a greater purpose than our immediate comfort. And that getting what we want when we want it is not always the best for us or glorifying God. So God's greater purpose is not always for our immediate comfort. Mm -hmm. And that has been something that has just spoke to me over and over through the years. Um, grieving, raising children while you're still grieving trying to be a loving wife and mother and friend while you're still grieving. 
um, has been challenging. But once again, when I have tried to make it not about Xander and not about myself, but about glorifying the Lord, takes the pressure off, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. of make, not making it about me and mm-hmm. making it just about the Lord and what He can do through me. Um, our children were young. Uh, Carter was 10 and Charlie was seven and McLean was four. And their, their whole lives have been really with a sick brother, a healthy brother that had cancer, a brother that um, passed away, all of these things tied up in, in Xander. But each one of them know that they are who they are because of walking that same journey. Mm-hmm. And we have what we have and we are in a place because the Lord has brought us here. Um, Baker, our special surprise. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the only thing that I, that I long for the most is that I could live in a world where Xander and Baker could both be here. Mm-hmm. Because... If Xander were still here, would we have thought we needed a fifth child? I don't know. (laughs) Um, With Xander gone, we thought, what if the Lord wants to bless us one more time? Um, But not as a replacement, but just as a clear gift that God would still bless us and that there was still life to be had. Because so many things ended when Xander died that, you know, we did not want, we we just, we knew that life was not over and that God was still going to bless us and there was still goodness in store for us. And that was hard to come to that place, um, to think that anything wonderful and perfect and, and precious and good was going to be, you know, on the horizon for us at times, but God has this way of blessing you when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. And in a way that you never would have imagined. Um, And that has truly been one of the best parts of having Baker is just that life does continue. Um, I think if there were things that, that I would share with a grieving mother or a mother who is raising a child that is distanced from the Lord or going through a time that they just don't like the path. They don't like the place where God has them. And it's not, it's not our choice to be going through whatever it is, a broken marriage, um, you know, taking care of sick parents. There's so many things that women go through that leave us hanging by a thread. Mm-hmm. And over and over, the Lord has just revealed to me that this is about His glory. And my life, sole purpose is to glorify the Lord and to see and to wait with expectation and anticipation of what is God going to do with all of this? What is God going to do when we get to the other side of this? those early days of grief that were unbearable and still moments now 
seven and a half years later that are just hard to breathe, literally need to walk outside to get fresh air because the grief and agony is so powerful. But when I look back and I see where God has brought us and I see the things that God has done and the stories and the lives that are still being touched because of Xander's legacy, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me to cling to to the Lord, to cling to um, scripture in Isaiah, when Isaiah 43, it says, you know, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers, they shall not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. Every single thing that we walk through had the capability of sweeping us away. It had the capability of just burning us there right where we stood and, and just a complete surrender to the terrible things that were happening and the agony and the grief. But the Lord delivered us and is still delivering us and is still carrying us. And it's one of those things that we have got, to, we've been able to experience firsthand. Everything we were ever taught when we were little, everything that our parents instilled at us, everything that we believed we've been able to, to live it firsthand. And, and I wouldn't trade those lessons and those things for the world. I wish Xander were here oh, with all of my heart, mm-hmm. but I know that God, God's plan is perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're living. Will you tell us some stories of your sweet Xander, just some of his, his funny personality, the way he was such a great big brother or his silliness or just some, some great Xander stories. Um, one that just came to my mind was uh, we were in the hospital one time and a new nurse came in and he knew everybody's name and, you know, he let them know, what kind of band-aid he wanted or how he liked things taped up. And he looked at this nurse who was about to access his port that he had in for chemo. He was so serious. He looked at her and he goes, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> and I mean, he, he was, just, she looked at me and I said, no, he really wants to know. And she's like, I've been a nurse for a year. And it's like, he wasn't sure that was long enough. You know, he was so, um, Oh man, he wasn't afraid to talk to anybody. He was not afraid to, um, you know, question something they were doing. Are you doing this right? This isn't how my other nurses do it. But oh man, he just, he was not shy at all. And um, he, the first time I let him hold McLean, so he's six years, seven years old. And well, when she was born, he had an opportunity to stay with us at the hospital and wait for her to be born or go to a baseball game with his friend and play in his game and possibly make it back for her birth. And he chose, of course, hands down, go to the baseball game. I mean, (laughs) he was not going to miss a baseball game for anything in the world, went, played his game. It didn't matter if he missed the birth of his sister, but when they came in the next morning, of course, he was so excited. But the first time we were home and I let him hold her, Um, He was in the, I had left the room for a moment and he comes walking down our tiled hallway, carrying her 
super baby. I mean, arms in the air, flying my four-day-old baby down the hallway. And I thought, okay, if you react, you might startle him and he'll drop her. If I don't react, what if he drops her? But the confidence and care and just love that he already had for that child was incredible. And he just knew she was going to be something special and just zoomed her down like Superman. And I thought I might die, but he was, he was so, um, so proud to have her and just thought, why can't I carry her all over the house? I'm seven, you know, I'm a big kid, but he was wise beyond his years. And so even at the age of seven, he was probably acting more like a 15 year old. And that, that partly comes from youth ministry too. When your children are raised around teenagers all the time. Oh yeah. Um, they, you know, you know how that goes, Robin. Um, but <laughs> they just, they really take on such, you know, older characteristics, but, um, he and Carter are 18 months apart and, um, the sweetest, best relationship that you could ever imagine for brothers. And, oh, he loved, he loved Carter so much. They fought terribly, but they loved so hard and they were just the best of friends. And I think of all the times that, you know, Carter would spend at the hospital with us because they just always wanted to be near each other. And they just had the sweetest sweetest friendship but Xander um could make anybody laugh he loved to tell jokes they weren't I mean they weren't that funny but he just had such this charisma about him that he could capture the room when he walked into it and um you always felt better for being around him if you were worried about something he always had a way of of making you feel better um he told us one time that God was going to dazzle us with his plan. And I just remember thinking, dazzle, how old are you to use that word? You know, you're like a nine-year-old kid. But he knew that God was going to dazzle us. And and he did. He dazzled us with Sanders' life and with the way that um, people remember him and the things that you know, Xander got to do. I mean, he had an amazing life. He sat courtside at Thunder Games at repeated times because he just, like I said, he captured people's hearts. Like they just wanted to do things for him. They wanted to, um, to, to give him, you know, he did this interview one time and it was made uh, the news. Channel 4 came and did an interview and someone saw it in Tulsa that just so happened to be the aunt of the owner of the Chicago Cubs. <sighs> And so wow. the next thing we know, we're on a plane, like three weeks later, the whole family being flown to Chicago, put up at the Hilton on the Magnificent Mile with a limo that takes us from our hotel to Wrigley Field <laughs> to have, goodness. oh my gosh, private tour of Wrigley Field, two games. We got to have, you know, front row, box seats, owner's club, owner's box privileges but yet could still sit on the front row if we chose to Xander got to throw out the first pitch at Wrigley Field and um that was in August of 2012 and it was actually on August 10th it was the day before Doug's birthday and when you're experiencing those things with your kids and you're like how does it get better than this you know you're sitting here with a healthy child at the time 
you're mm-hmm. in Chicago on a beautiful day and people are just, you know, throwing opportunities at you and allowing all of your dreams, your child's, your husband's dreams to come true. And you're just like, how does it get better than this? But the whole time wanting to savor it so much because you just never knew what the next six months, three months would hold. And just knowing that each and everything that we were given and blessed with was just one more opportunity to sit with the wife of the owner of the Chicago Cubs and tell her that God was taking care of us, wow. you know? And I, I knew that was a huge responsibility and I, I just wanted to make sure and take it, you know, like mm-hmm. just make it worth it that we were there for a greater purpose. And uh, some of the most beautiful days of our entire lives were spent with things that revolved around something to do with cancer or something to do with an opportunity we'd been given because of Xander's treatment. And it's just, it's incredible. I mean, all the things that we were able to do um, because of the generosity of other people. Oh, goodness. Just, I'm sure it made such an amazing impact in your church as they prayed for Xander and loved Xander and loved your family. And um, really, I think that what a beautiful testimony of the body of Christ. Oh, for man. The way they took care of you all mm-hmm. <laughs> in the I, journey. <laughs> I cannot imagine going through anything like we have been through without our church family. And when you have been at a place for almost 20 years, when we moved here and we came our first Sunday, um, I was pregnant with Xander Hmm. and um, about three months pregnant with Xander his whole life. You know, they, this church family has experienced the birth of five children and, the diagnosis of cancer taking care of us for nine long years, grieving with us mm-hmm. because he was their child too, you know, not just um, because they prayed for him, but because they'd kept him. They'd, they'd watched him run up and down the aisles of church and, and been in the nursery and he was everyone's child, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just something that, they walked with us through it. And, oh, I can't imagine not having a community of people and believers to walk alongside you. And they have been truly amazing. And, you know, and it, it, it affected everyone. It affected the young, the old, um, everything that, that Xander's life meant to them. And um, it's just, they've raised Doug and I, and they've raised our children, you know, I mean, we were, we were young when we came and, um, and I think that is also part of just the length of time we've been here. It's, it's just, it's been amazing and they're wonderful people and, um, can't imagine doing anything that we've been through without them for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that I can't really put into words and I hope I don't fumble it too horribly but the thought of the thought of your family one day 
um, getting to praise Jesus all together. And I'll be beside each other again. Mm-hmm. I suppose there's just good enough earthly words <laughs> to say how, how special that will be. And it will be, that would, that will happen. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a day mm-hmm. because the Bible promises us that in heaven, <clears throat> God will wipe away every tear. Mm-hmm. There will be uh, no more night, no more pain. Mm-hmm. We will be in the heaven and he will be the sun. So those are. Ander and Baker will be there together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I long so deeply for that. Um, you know, I, when you have a, a thirst for something or a desire for something that just is never quenched. And when you, when you long for that reunion to hug him one more time, to hold him, to hear his voice, all those things one more time. Mm-hmm. And it's just never satisfied. You know, it's when you're thirsty and you drink and drink and, oh, that feels so good because I just had that quenched. And it's, it's just never completely fulfilled, that, that longing, that absence. And I think all the time of what that will be like to stand face to face with Jesus and know that I'm whole again, that my family is whole again. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, there are no words for what that is going to be like and how I long for that and how I just, oh, it will, it will, we will be complete. We will be whole. We will all be together. And, um, just, I dream of that <laughs> all the time of what that will feel like and just to feel that complete satisfaction um, finally, you know, because there's always a, there's always just a, a little bit of a, a longing that's never, never satisfied here. You know, when we're all together, there's just always something missing, you know, so it will be the most glorious, glorious time. And um, when people say heaven is so much sweeter, now I you know you don't want to downplay anything that the Lord you know he is enough and seeing seeing him face to face will be enough and it is enough mm-hmm. but when your child is there it just it's all the more sweeter all the more sweet all the more for sure yeah. so. Ricky Lee, thank you so much for sharing this story. And um, I think it's going to be a blessing to Lot. I think it's honoring for Xander. And we just really appreciate your willingness to share this. And it truly does. All the things that many times during this conversation that you said along the way, God put it in your heart. This is for my glory. This is for my Mm -hmm. glory. And, And it would just give you one more day, you know, he would just get you through. And truly, I, I just heard that in this conversation. And thank you for just using this story to give glory to the Lord one more time. And 
We pray that all these people are listening, wherever you are, far and wide, that that you know that the, the same God who met Ricky Lee will meet you right where you are. Absolutely. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Ricky Lee. Thanks so much for listening in. This was a so good and so many nuggets of great information and just how God will walk us through even the darkest moments of our lives. I really appreciate that Ricky Lee shared so vulnerably with us about such a hard time. But honestly, I just see so much beauty in this story and how God is so faithful and He has given His perfect peace so many times and still is. One of my favorite moments is when Ricky Lee talked about Xander saying, to his parents, God is going to dazzle you with his plan. I just, I just couldn't imagine that sweet childlike faith. And truly, that is what we can say for each of us, that God is going to dazzle us with his plan. We just have to trust him, trust him. And Isaiah 43 verses 1 through 3 are the reference to the scriptures that we talked about today that Ricky Lee shared saying how the Lord is with us. Verse 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. The flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's the same God who loves you, who's passionately pursuing a love relationship with you, even in this moment. So I'm so glad that you are listening to this today, and I hope that you've been encouraged, and I hope that you know that you are seen and loved by God. Please remember to rate and review the show and share it with a friend, and we will see you back in about two weeks. Have a great day, everyone.